Tampa Bay's Tan Talk. Entertaining and informative radio for the Sunshine State. Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friend, Corey, at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. You may be owed some money. After 911 and 411, call 541. That's 727-541-1741. Call Gulfstream Motorsports for a diminished value report. Due to my 28 years experience in the auto salvage business, I'm very good with wrecks. So if your car has been involved in a wreck, call me for a diminished value report. Call 727-541-1741. You may be owed some money for the lost value of your repaired vehicle. And visit us at GulfstreamMotorsports.com. Rod Gang. The hottest of hot rodders. The craziest of kittens. High school Hellcats. Two terrific teenage movies. Oh, what a Hellcat she's going <laughs> And the rockinest, rollinest of cats. Starring popular John Ashley, cute little Jodie Fair, satellite siren Gene Vincent, and that alarmingly charming Yvonne Lime, a kitten who has all the cats howling. She wasn't bad looking for a girl. Personally, I prefer a hopped up motor. Guys who've got what it takes. Chicks who'll take all they've got. Together in two movie theater treats. Hot Rod Gang and High School Hellcat. And now... Hey, Rocky! Watch me pull a rabbit out of my hat. Again? Nothing up my sleeve. Presto! No doubt about it. I gotta get another hat. Now here's something we hope you'll really like. Hi, I'm Pat Simmons from the Doobie Brothers, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Welcome, you're tuning in to Nostalgic Freedom Cars, and I'm your show host, Robert. Right your computers, you can Google TanTalk1340.com, and you can see us live here in the studios in downtown Clearwater. Uh, run your computers, and also, don't forget to, uh, did I just little bit goof that one up, did I? Okay, let's see. Oh, yeah, if, uh, if go to our uh, Google uh, Gulfstream. Uh, go to NostalgicRadioAndCars.com. That's and it. Gulfstream Motorsports. <laughs> and Gulfstream Motorsports. You can find out all about us. Yeah, hey, don't forget. Uh, well, anyway, good evening, Bobby. How you doing? I'm on the Oh, okay. Hold on a second. Now, Tommy. All right, now I'm done. Okay, <laughs> Tom, now you're Tommy, Tommy's in there with you? No, 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 <laughs> oh, okay. no. I, well, we have a special guest with us sitting in this evening. We have Scooby Doo. And uh, so Scooby Doo is hanging out with us because Bobby is manning the uh, controls behind the COVID 2020 glass over there. How are you doing, Stephen, Bobby? I'm doing well. You're sitting here back behind the safety of this glass. <laughs> safety of this glass, yeah. But, but we were very good about disinfecting this uh, studio here before. We were. It smells like a nice lemon, big lemon. Yeah, it smells like a big lemon. Okay, well, hey, uh, Tommy, big shout out to Tommy because he's on his way home. He had a long day today, so he decided to uh, exit stage left a little early. But anyway, so we got a great show for you tonight. we got a special guest coming in this evening. And, uh, all right, so what's up? Uh, well, all right, so obviously if you want to find out what's going on with all the car shows, definitely check out uh, flacarshows.com. This weekend, for all you swap meet car parts junkies like myself, don't forget to head over to uh, Leadfoot City's swap meet that's up in Brooksville off Ayers Road. And uh, Monster Transmission's up there. They're kind of like the... Uh, the, the big boys on the block up there, and they put together this really cool swap meet. And actually, you know, it's funny because we've talked about these shows all the time. And, and, and we're, you know, you obviously if you tune in the show, you know, we're into music and stuff like that. So one of the things that we truly enjoy when you go to an event is, yes, it's cool to have a car show. It's very cool to have a swap meet. And it's cool to have uh, some motorcycles hanging around and goodies like that. But it's also very good to have some entertainment. 
as well as concessions and stuff like that. And they do a very good job of that. They actually have a live band there on the stage and everything. So I really think Leadfoot City's on the right track. Now, we have discussed putting on an event for years and years and years and years. I think one of these days we are going to do this. I haven't figured out exactly where yet. And what it, what it boils down to is we need to get the younger kids involved. Now, as you guys know, I do appraisals, diminished value, total losses. So I'm in and out of body shops all the time. I'm in and out of repair shops. I'm in and out of dealerships. I'm hanging out at classic car restoration facilities. The one thing I hear constantly, hey, Robert, do you know anybody can do a, write an estimate? Do you know anybody can do body work? Do you know anybody can paint? Do you know anybody can fix a car? Do you know anybody can do this, 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 or that, 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 that? Quite frankly, guys my age— our generation seem to be the only guys doing something with upholstery is we're the only guys out there that are like willing to still work we've kind of scaled down a lot of guys don't you know i had a business where i had 15 20 guys working for me I had three junkyards and all that cool stuff and uh it's just the cost of doing business these days is just you know unless you're corporate america it's, it's really tough so you got to kind of like uh, scale down take everything you've learned over the last 20 30 40 years and uh kind of fine-tune it and do something that works for you especially as you get a little bit older in life i mean you can't do the things you did physically when you were younger i mean you used to pick up engine blocks and crankshafts and cylinder heads and chuck them around like they were nothing today ooh, that hurts that smarts so i don't do that as much so i'm i, I try to be a little bit smarter i uh take advantage of hydraulics like loaders forklifts hydraulic rollbacks things of that nature when i have to pick up something heavy forklift is real handy, but uh, hand carts, all that kind of good stuff. I don't uh, lug things around like I used to. But nonetheless, where I'm going with this is that we need to get the younger kids involved. That is the big topic. That's the hot topic. In fact, if you talk to Donald Osborne, has been on our show. He's got a thing going on where he interviews these young kids. He gets them involved in stuff. Keith Martin's doing some. Haggerty Insurance is doing the same thing. Everybody's trying to get these young kids involved. The best way... I think to get kids involved is to get them exposed to it. Okay, now when Bobby was a little kid, obviously he was around me in my shop. And uh, so, you know, I had him on a bicycle real early in age. I had him on a mini bike or basically, uh, yeah, when he was five. Uh, I had him riding go-karts when he was five. Uh, I was driving a car when he was 10 or 11, 12, something like that, you know. So stick shift, I might add. And you got to get these kids exposed to us. So if you're an aunt, an uncle, a niece, a nephew, or something like that, you know, and if you're a guy that's in the cars or boats or motorcycles, or like, get the kids exposed to this kind of stuff. Okay, so here's where I'm going with this thing. We need to figure out a way and do this because there's a lot of car events out there. There really is. But when Bobby was a little kid, one of the things I did over in Largo was, what was it called, Bobby? Touch a truck or something like that? Touch a truck in T Largo Central Park. Yeah, that was kind of cool. Now, that got kids and uh, an opportunity to see um, Joe's Touring was there, I think, uh, a couple other record companies were there. Of course, we had a rollback and a record basically ourselves. But the fire department was there. Police department was there. You know, military had some exposure there. So kids got exposed to, let's say, trucks. You know, when you go to a car show, kids see cars. When you go to a motorcycle show, kids see motorcycles. You go to a boat show, they see boats, which is really cool. But you know what's even better? Why don't we do this all at one venue? Is that the right word for it, Bobby? Venue? And uh, so let's just have... Well, we'll let you pass on that one. Again, let me pass. Okay. So let's just say cars, boats, motorcycles, trucks, including semis, okay, tractors, heavy equipment, all that kind of stuff. You get these kids involved in this stuff. You get them exposed to it. You let them see it. You feel it, touch it. The people that own these vehicles are these contraptions, if you will. Let them get in there and ride around with you. You know, I mean, help mud bogs would be kind of cool, too. You know, we could do that. So we need to find a piece of property that's very, very big that has, uh, oh, let's say like a little drag strip, maybe a skid pad, maybe a mud hole. You know, something like that, and a little dirt. You can move around with a loader, you know, move a little dirt here and there with a, with a bucket or something like that. But have this event where kids under 12 are, provided they're with an adult, get in for free. Kids that are 16 and under get in half price, provided they're with an adult. And everybody else is just kind of like regular price. And, you know, have concessions there, but don't overcharge anybody anything. I mean, you know, a lot of these times you get, you, a lot of these places you go where they have concessions and stuff. I mean, they just really rake everybody over the coals. And I personally take offense to that, you know. Now, that's mostly due to the fact that the promoters or the person who puts on the events is gouging the vendors. You know, I mean, you know, realistically, you know, if you, if you charge a guy 500 bucks, 1000 bucks, or something like that to be there for the weekend or something like that, if it's a three-day event, that's fine. But when you start charging $2,500, $3,000, well, now suddenly a drink becomes 4 or 5 bucks, and a hot dog becomes 4 or 5 bucks, and a hamburger becomes 10 bucks, and that gets a little absurd after a while, particularly if you think about it when you've got a family of 4 or 5 kids you know mom and dad and two or three kids and the whole idea again is to get the kids exposed to this to cars boats motorcycles the other thing we want to do is have uh people from 
vocational schools on the premises to talk about, hey, look, if you want to be a plumber, if you want to be a carpenter, if you want to be a mechanic, if you want to be a upholsterer, if you want to be anything, you know, like a, a tradesperson, there's nothing wrong with that. You can make a good living doing that. You don't have to have a college degree. I mean, Bobby, I can remember when we were talking about when he was going to UCF. Half the kids are there did not belong in that school. I mean, they had these tuitions, they had these loans and stuff like that, and half of them didn't really take the school and their program, their studium, and the whole nine yards serious enough to even justify them being there. Who knows where they're at today? They're probably flipping hamburgers or something like that, maybe. Maybe. That's even if they work. Other than that, they're probably sitting downstairs in the basement in their socks in front of a computer. But having said that, we need to get these kids, and we need to promote more vocational and uh, trades people. Now, one of the guys that I'm trying to get on the show, that I'm trying to get on the show, is Mike Rowe. Mike Rowe used to do the TV show Dirty Jobs. And one of these days, I think we'll succeed because he is a huge proponent of that. And I'm a huge proponent of that. Even though when I went to high school, you know, we had wood shop in class, we had small engines in class, we had electronics in class, we had drafting in class. I took drafting, I took elect, I didn't take electronics. I think I took drafting, I took uh, wood shop, and I took small engines. And that was kind of something I've always had an interest in, and it's something I still use to this day. That's the beauty of it. In fact, I remember years ago when Bobby and I ran into one of my old teachers, uh, Mr. Graham from Clota High. He was my woodshop teacher. He was also a musician, too, by the way. Big BB uh, King fan. And he asked me in front of Bobby, he says, Robert, did the, the stuff that I taught you in high school back in 1972, do you still use any of that stuff? Did you learn anything in my class? And I said, absolutely. I still use it to this day. And as a matter of fact, when Bobby and I were doing a school project when he was like eight years old, we made together collectively a total mechanical pinball machine. We used real pinball guts, but we built the case, our frame out of wood and boards and the slides and the stands and the whole nine yards, little feet and all this stuff. And it came out pretty cool. And uh, But I had Bobby do most of the stuff himself because I actually showed him how to, I showed him how to use a little nail gun with a compressor, small little brads, obviously, nothing big, you know, and uh, it, it turned out very well. So, you know, when you teach people something and you learn them, you learn them, it's something that stays with them. It's no different than if you're really academic oriented and you learn something in school. If you learn it, it stays with you, you know. One thing they can never take away from you is your knowledge. They can strip you of everything else on the planet, but they can't take away your knowledge. They can't take away what you know. So it's very important to learn stuff. Now, that's my uh, my soapbox speech for the evening. How am I doing so far, Bobby? All right. <laughs> <laughs> Bobby, we're giving them any more soup, soapboxes. Oh, we? yeah, yeah. Well, soapbox. In fact, speaking of soapboxes. No, talk. no, no more soapbox. No, but, well, here, this brought up something. It's not a soapbox. It's a uh, milk crate. You know me. I'm really bad about oh, something. Oh, a milk crate's great. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you know, milk crate's story coming. Yeah, well, you know how I am. I mean, if I see something useful laying alongside of the road and I'm kind of like going in that direction, once in a while I'll make a U-turn. But as a rule, you know, it'll just fall in my truck. So the other day, I mean, obviously you were, let's see, what do we get? We get pallets. We pick up every once in a while buckets alongside of the road. But the other day was a milk crate alongside of the road. And, of course, you know, I need all that stuff for storage. And I picked up a milk crate. In other words, where I'm going with this is one man's junk is another man's treasure. I used to have the sign plastered on my on my uh, my uh, office or my uh, showroom, whatever you want to call it, waiting room at the salvage yard. And um, besides a big no smoking sign, by the way, I had, I had a sign up there that said, uh <laughs> I had a sign up there that said, uh, you know, one man's junk is another man's treasure. I also had another sign up that said, why is there always enough time to do things twice, but never enough time to do things right the first time? And, of course, Dick, the guy that worked for me, a really, really good friend of mine. I really miss him dearly. Dick actually had a motorcycle accident one time and lost his leg, okay? So he was on uh, – he had a prosthetic leg. and But he was going through these prosthetic legs because they were experimenting with these little prototypes to, uh, because he didn't have a bone. His, his femur bone popped out. So basically he just had skin tissue down there. And so they would give him these little – these prosthetic legs with these pockets basically and his little nub would have to fit in there and – you know, he would hobble around the, the, the salvage yard, but he was, you know, he, he, would, he would hobble around on his crutches. And anybody that remembers Dick from back in the days, the West Coast auto salvage days, he'd walk out there in the yard, he'd grab a rotary, he'd grab a starter, he'd grab, I mean, he was really good with that. He just kind of grabbed that stuff and kind of was able to carry that stuff and man it up to the front office there uh, on his crutches. But anyway, so he kept complaining about these prosthetic legs. They didn't work with the crap. So one day what I did is I took it and I put it on the wall and I'm below it, I hung a sign that said, spare body parts. Some people thought, saw the humor in that. We, of course, saw the humor in that. Dick saw the humor in that. But every once in a while, some, somebody did not see any humor in that. 
because there was this big prosthetic leg hanging out there. And believe it or not, you never know what you find in the trunk of cars. We used to find all kinds of weird stuff. Um, and we would hang that on the wall as well. I won't go in that direction, but uh, you can only use your own imagination. Anyway, uh, let's see. What else was I going to say? Okie dokie. There we go. Keep them coming, bud. Um, let's see. So uh, where was I going? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, back to the car show things. So we, I think that this would be kind of a really cool show if we can put this thing together. Um, it's been in the, we've had this discussion. We're trying to get some people on board, some sponsors, uh, some schools. And I think this would really be really cool. We've got to find a, a location that's kind of centrally. So it could be Lake County, Citrus County, Hernando County. Maybe I'll team up with Leadfoot City, something like that. I'm not sure. But, you know, that uh, that's something that we're kind of working on, and we'll keep you apprised of that. Also, next month is Rocktober. Now, operative word there, Rocktober. We're working on something. I mean, that's all I'm going to say at this point in time. But we're working on some really special guests. So with a little luck, we'll have a really cool month. We generally try to do this during the year. We try to pick a month or a time of year when we do, let's say, like these feature shows. And uh, we were working on it over the summer, and it didn't quite come together on some of the some of the ideas, the concepts that we have. But we got another one for October, so we'll see if that works out. Forrest, Bobby, you get ready to say something. I was just gonna say. I mean, it is our 10 year anniversary, so it is our 10 year anniversary. There are uh, there are new. We're thinking up new months instead of, uh, you know, keeping up with the old ones. Uh, so we're going to come up with with a lot of new stuff that allows us to uh, get some really cool people. Yeah. Anyway, on that note, I think what we're going to do is fire up the stereo. We're going to go to commercial break real quick. We'll be right back, and then we're going to introduce, uh, I might do some jaw jacking some more, and then we'll have our special guests on the show. Oh, here, here's a really cool song, and this is J.J. Cal, and it's, uh, while we're talking about music, that's another thing we always promote around here is people getting into music. Here's a song by J.J. Cal. And it's called 10 Easy Lessons. Hey, you're tuned into Nostalgic New Cars. Don't touch that dial. Pick up a guitar and play along. I was sitting in my easy chair reading a magazine. And I come upon this advertisement I had never ever seen. So be a star. further than flacarshows.com on your computer or on your mobile device flacarshows.com is a comprehensive list of automotive events plus videos and news articles whether you're looking for car shows cruise-ins meetups automotive festivals cars and coffees or anything else relating to an internal combustion engine then this is a site for you check it out online or on your phone at flacarshows.com Come enjoy the best brews in Tampa Bay at Dunedin Brewery. Known as Florida's oldest microbrewery, they are always working to create a unique variety of craft beers for every taste. In addition, Dunedin Brewery features a full menu, including everything from their famous wings, burgers, salads, flatbreads, and more. Don't forget about their live music, including the Wednesday Night Players Jam. That's Dunedin Brewery, 937 Douglas Avenue in downtown Dunedin. Visit them online at dunedinbrewery.com. Okay, we're back, and you're tuned into Nostalgic Radio Cars. Big shout-out to Kelly. She's tuning in tonight. I used to work with Kelly at Hollywood Wheels. My good friends down there, Mike and Kelly and Flo and Hook and all those guys. So uh, 
The uh, Porsche tractor that's on uh, Bring a Trailer is doing pretty good there, Kelly. So is the McLaren. Last I looked earlier today. So, and speaking of bringing a trailer, we're going to have Randy Nunnemaker on here one of these days. Um, kind of like the hot setup right now for as far as auctions. But then again, you know, Gooding's doing them, RM's doing them, uh, Bear Jackson's doing them, Lake's doing them, Russo and Steele's doing them. Everybody's doing auctions these days, including SEMA. They're doing their 360 deal. And uh, Bobby, you say something? Yeah. Where's the second song? What is the second song? Yeah. Oh, shame on me. Uh, <laughs> let's go with Link Ray. And rumble. How about that one? Look at that. Nice little behind the scenes look of yeah, how we yeah, finished yeah, the show. Yeah, right yeah, here yeah. on the air. Right. We're there there that good at winging it. Yeah, 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 yeah. What was that song in? Rumble. <laughs> rumble. Rumble. Yeah. Anyway, but uh Link Ray, that was he was a pioneer back then. He was back in the Dick Dale days. But anyway, um Kelly, for you, I went out today. Well, I was supposed to, I wanna go do it this week, but uh I'm gonna do an appraisal on a nineteen seventy eight Pontiac Trans Am. What do you say to that girl? And because uh, I know she likes those cars as well. And uh, again, you got to look at these cars. You got to check them out. And uh, I have a lady in Las Juegas, or Lost Wages, as they call it. <laughs> and, a friend of ours up there in Odessa once said. <laughs> yes, our friend in Odessa once said. Uh, big shout out to Hanky. Um, but anyway, uh, and a shout out to Ken because he's probably listening, and uh, a couple other guys that I know. I'll see as, as their names pop up here on this uh, funny little computer thing here. I'll. Uh, I'll shout out to you guys. Make sure you all share that Facebook out there. Yes, share Facebook, social media. Uh, what else we got out there? Oh, uh, Twitter at NRC on Air, YouTube at Nostalgic Radio and Cars, Facebook at Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and Instagram at Golfstream Motorsports. That's it. That's it. But anyway, so uh, yeah, I got to do this punny at Trans Am. So this lady basically from Las Juegas uh, hired me based on a referral basis. That's how it works. And I have to do a PPI and appraisal on that. Just like a couple of weeks ago when I was up in Alabama, I had to do a 1955 Austin Healey. I did a 57 Chevrolet a week or so ago. Nice car, two-door postcar, Bel Air. And um, I'm probably going to be heading back to Alabama to do another car up there, uh, a vintage Mercedes. And then, of course, you know, we today we looked at uh, a 2020 Ford F-250 four-wheel drive diesel and uh, 1,000 miles on it. It got sideswiped. So we're doing a diminished value on that. So we took the, whenever I do my diminished value, whenever I do my, uh, um, you know, when I inspect these vehicles, I always take them for a test drive, you know, just to kind of make sure everything works and functions as it's supposed to. And I was totally impressed. Now, never mind the fact that I'm a Ford guy anyway, but uh, the new diesel, I mean, this 2024 F-250 with the uh, 6.7 in it, pretty impressive truck, wasn't it, Bobby? Oh, very much so. It was like sitting in a Lincoln. I mean, it was pretty impressive. Uh, big truck, nice truck, all the luxuries, all the features, air-conditioned seats, heated seats, all that other cool stuff, wild stereo system, and all the other kind of electronics and goodies and stuff. Pretty neat stuff, but it's a shame that, you know, somebody gets a brand-new truck, they work really hard, save their money, and then, you know, 1,000 miles down the road or 700. I think the, one, the lowest mileage car that I did was a brand-new car that had 300 miles on it. The guy had it a week. Sad, and it, and it changes your attitude towards it. But still, it's a brand new vehicle, and my job is to do a diminished value report, which is basically establish what the lost value of that vehicle would be pre and post accident. That's it. That's how that works. So anyway, uh, what I started to say about SEMA 360. So they're doing. Uh, we're going to look. We'll keep you apprised of how that works. So SEMA's basically canceled because of the COVID thing, and so they're doing a virtual. How how would you explain it, Bobby? Well, I think SEMA 360 was part of it. Wasn't was. A- uh, a part uh, element of the original SEMA show, right? There was right, there right, was a virtual yeah. yeah. So there was a virtual element of it. So they were already well positioned to do this. So they basically SEMA 360 has uh, expanded substantially, and um, to incorporate all the workshops and the and the and the you know and the seminars and, like and that. seminars yeah. and yeah. things like so that. So should be pretty excited. We'll so keep you can your... register for that if you're in the business. <laughs> That's right. Now, if we were there, we would do a live show like we typically do. But uh, So we'll see. We're going to see how this thing kind of works out. But anyway, nonetheless, I think it's time to go ahead and get our guests on the phone. So Bobby's going to fire up the stereo, drop the needle in the groove, as Cedric would always say. And you're tuning into Nostalgia Winning Cars. Here's a little Link Ray Rumble 1958. Hey, don't touch the doll. Stick around. We've got a super guest coming on our show this evening. Nostalgic Radio and Cars.
from Tony Rocky Horror at a four-story window for giving me a foot massage? Can you believe that? <laughs> well, I mean, at the time I was told it sounded reasonable. Marcel is throwing Tony out of a four-story window for massaging my feet seem reasonable? No, it seemed excessive, but that doesn't mean it didn't happen. I mean, I understand that Marcel's is very, very protective of you. A husband being protective of his wife is one thing. A husband almost killing another man for touching his wife's feet is something else. But did it happen? The only thing Antoine ever touched in mine was my hand when he shook it at my wedding. Really? The truth is, nobody knows why Marcellus threw Tony out of that four-story window except Marcellus and Tony. When you little scamps get together, you're worse than a sewing circle. Ladies and gentlemen, now the moment you've all been waiting for, it's a world-famous Jackrabbit Slim's Twist Contest. Now this is where one lucky couple will win this handsome trophy that Marilyn here is holding. Now who will be our first contestants? Right here. Want to dance? No, 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 no. I do believe Marcellus, my husband, your boss, told you to take me out and do whatever I wanted. And now I want to dance. I want to win. I want that trophy. Right. So dance good. All right. I'm here for our first contestant. Now let's meet our first contestants here this evening. Young lady, what is your name? Mrs. Mia Wallace. And uh, how about your fella here? Lucy Vega. <laughs> All right, let's see what you can do. Take it away. It was a teenage wedding, and the old folks wished him well. You could see that Pierre did truly love the mademoiselle. And now the young monsieur and madame have rung the chapel bell. Hi, this is Tom Johnson of the Doobie Brothers, and you are rocking with Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Okay, we're back, and you're tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Thank you, Tom. The Doobie Brothers. Oh, yeah, one of my favorite bands of the 70s. Long train running. Okay, on that note, um, the Doobie Brothers are from the Santa Cruz hills slash san jose area so they're a california ia band this lady that's coming on the show this evening is also from the bay area hence san jose area and i'm delighted to welcome the show she is the uh, president and ceo of car prllc i'm delighted to welcome to the show for the first time cindy Meitzel. did i pronounce right from smoky california smoky california (laughs) wow well no wait a minute santa cruz hills aren't on fire are they not anymore, but we've got them everywhere else, and uh, everything's coming down from Washington, Oregon, the Central Valley here in California, and it all likes to sit on us because we have a lot of moisture here. Yes, the Bay Area. Well, I know it's kind of cool because if you take the, uh, what is it, 360-something, the road that runs around the backside there going up uh, through San Jose up towards San Francisco there where the hills are, you can always see the fog just kind of rolling in over the hills there. It's pretty cool. 280, my favorite highway there, yeah. 280, that's it. I was close. 380 is the bypass. That's what it is. Okay. That's that's where you get off to go to the San Francisco airport. Yes. Anyway, so Cindy, welcome to the show. Tell us a little bit about yourself and tell us about Car PR LLC. <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad to be here. My company is Car PR USA. Okay. I have been in the collector car space for 27 years now. I do a combination of public relations marketing, advertising, and social media, uh, and also a lot of event services. I work with Concord Elegance events, collector car auctions, automotive media, classic car dealerships, and the products and services that support them. I also do a little work in the music space, because that is uh, one of my true passions, and I've found a way to combine it all for a couple of decades now, and I love what I do. Well, now, you, you touched on music, and you know I'm a music fanatic, and I know you're a guitar person, and I'm a guitar person, so let's talk about the music side of things. So how, what, what's your uh, PR in the music arena like? Well, we're a rockabilly household, and okay. when we were living in Arizona back in 2003 through 2010, 
I was helping out a couple of bands, helping them get sponsorship, helping a couple of music festivals get off the ground, which was pretty fun. And I'd actually like to be doing a lot more of that in the coming years here in California. I'd like to do a weekend event that had different genres of music on different days. And I seem to have a lot of support if I want to do that. So I'll the, be telling you about that at some point, I'm sure. Okay, good. Now, do you know Mike Hennessy by any chance? I sure do. Now, Mike does what? He, he does what? The Car Guy channel? Is that his thing? Well, now, he puts on a number of car shows, and I know he's friends with a couple of the local Bay Area bands. Um, Quicksilver Messenger was one of my favorites, because I grew up in that area, so I used to listen to them. And that's right. You're a Bay Area boy. I am a Bay Area boy. That's right. And uh, <laughs> so, but there was another band, there was a couple other bands out of the San Francisco, San Jose, Sunnyvale, Redwood City area, and I can't think of their names. They escape me right now. Um, that actually had some national hits. And he, one of the guys, he was telling me about, and the name escapes me right now, but he was, uh, he's also a car guy. And, um, but have you ever considered teaming up with him and doing anything? Because he's kind of like uh, well-rounded in that area as well. And kind of I would love to connect with him. I haven't talked to him in a while, but definitely I'll reach out to all resources and all enthusiasts who want to get involved in this when the time is right. The more the merrier. Okay. So what kind of got you into this Arena, this 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 car uh, public relations business. I mean, are you a car enthusiast as well? My dad wrenched on motorcycles. Think Orange County choppers, but in uh, California when okay. I was a kid. Okay. And he was always wrenching on cars and bikes, and taking my mom and I to motorcycle races, car races, and car shows. And that was embedded in me from a, a very early age. When I was married, as a young lady, we would spot something on the side of the road and go, ooh, $500. <laughs> remember those days? Yes, I remember and, those days. And, and we would buy it, and we would have fun restoring it. I mean, at one point, we had a dozen cars parked around our corner lot, and we weren't getting rid of them. We loved them all. We used to just drive a different one on a regular basis. So, so I've always had a passion for cars. Okay. And, and when I left Los Angeles and moved to Tahoe, Somebody referred a gentleman to me, okay. not really knowing what I did other than I was great at sales. And I got a cold call from this gentleman that sounded just like James Bond. Um, he did. He sounded like James Bond. And he asked me what I was going to do for a living now that I was living in Tahoe. And I said I was probably going to go work for resorts or property management, little this, little that, things I had had experience in. And he offered me a job, sight unseen, representing a dozen foreign car magazines. And I said, well, what do you want me to do? He said, sell advertising. Said, well, I haven't sold car magazine advertising before, but it's all the same. He flew me to Vegas the next day. I came back with some old office equipment, fax machine, uh, dot matrix printer, was pretty funny. <laughs> and uh, away, I get, away I went. He would fax, he would tear sheets out of car magazines and he would circle ads with the black sharpie and he'd say call this guy tell him if he sold this Porsche in Japan he could get three times as much money for it than he can selling it in the United States or call this guy and uh, tell him if he sells this car in England he could get twice as much as here in the States and away I went cold calling you know I had an opportunity to work from home I had a four year old son at the time I got to stay at home with him set up a whole office go to the lake half the day if I felt like it and I was surprisingly successful at it from the start. And the next thing you know, I have uh, a full client base with uh, people like Don Williams of Blackhawk, Bruce Trenery of Fantasy Junction, and on and on and on. And I'm handling global automotive campaigns for these gentlemen. And it was one of the few ways that they could speak to the rest of the world if they wanted to get their message out about auctions or classic cars that they had for sale. And then a couple of my advertising clients, Frank Mondorano, asked me to spearhead the public Concorso Italiano event in Monterey, which had been a basically a private event of all of the Italian car clubs that were gathering before Pebble Beach and the historic races 
way back when that's all there that was. Um, he asked me to launch Concorso, and Rick Cole and Don Williams asked me to represent their Monterey auction, which is now the RM Sotheby's auction held during Monterey Car Week. And back then, we actually had four auctions a year. We had the auction at the Imperial Palace every October in Las Vegas. We had one in Newport Beach in, in Southern California, and one in the Black Hawk Plaza parking lot back in the good old days. And there weren't as many, nowhere near as many auctions as there are now. I uh, I just went from there. I, I went and got a business license. I broke off from representing these magazines for the gentleman I worked with. I ended up keeping three of the titles, Car Japan, Thoroughbred and Classic Cars in England and Marked out of Germany. And I've it's just been a wild ride ever since. Interesting. Now, you mentioned Rick Cole. Now, when, now I'm going to go back to mid-'80s. The first time I saw, I was at uh, I was at Pebble Beach, and I think it was either the, maybe it was 86. It was the second or third year that Rick Cole did his auctions. When did you get involved with Rick Cole? Was that, are we going back to the, are you involved with him in, in the 80s, or was it later than that, or when? Early 2000s. Excuse me, early oh. 90s. Early, early 90s. 90s, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, yeah, because he did that, what, for, in fact, at that time, Rick Cole was the only auction in Monterey, besides Pebble Beach, and like you said, the vintage races that were, took place at uh, Monterey, at the racetrack. He launched the very first auction that started everything. Now, now we have uh, seven or eight auctions. It's amazing. Really? Now, when he talked about Crunch Carso, I remember being... In the 90s, at the Quail, they used to have yeah. an Italian car show there. Because Shaughnessy, Tom, you probably know Tom. Tom yeah. and a couple other guys that I know used to go out there all the time. And that's when I first actually went to the Quail. And that was kind of cool. And and then in the meantime, uh, Gordon McCall has taken it to the next level. And Corso is now over at the Black Horse um, Black Horse Golf Course, correct. We launched it at the Quail. Okay. That's where all of the car, Italian car clubs have really? been gathering on Friday before Pebble Beach. Yes. We gated it. We charged, I believe it was $35 a ticket the first year, and it included a beautiful uh, event book, which the event is known for those. They're gorgeous. Mm -hmm. And uh, eventually the event was sold by Frank Mondorano, and it moved to Black Horse Golf Course, and McCall and uh, Kaduri were smart enough to realize that they, there was something there, and they didn't want to let go of it. And they continued on with their own event, which is now called the Quail Motorsports Gathering. Oh, yeah, which is probably the event to go to if you're a pebble that week for Monterey Car Week. No question. And, there uh, are so many people. There are so many events, but most of the people I know, uh, the Quail is a must do on Friday. Concorso is a must do on Saturday. On Saturday, and and the Concord Elegant at Pebble Beach is a must do on Sunday. And somewhere in there, people who race are fitting in the or are enthusiasts are fitting in the track. Um, but there's another dozen events over and above that. It's mind blowing. Well, the. Uh, um on the you know, I'm kind of like the kickoff party is the concourse on the Ave, which is Doug Freeman's deal, which is on Tuesday, which yep. everybody enjoys. Like that's open to the public. It's right there on Ocean Avenue in downtown Carmel. Uh, you know, it's funny we're talking about this right now. And everybody I know missed that event so so dearly this year. I mean, it's just like, and and probably for you as well as it is for me and some of the other guys that we see. It's like a group. It's like a family. I mean, you go to Monterey, you go to you go to Vegas, you go to Amelia, you go to St. John's, um, you know, Scottsdale when they used to do the, uh, which I truly enjoyed, the Arizona Concourse that was at the Biltmore. That was spectacular. Um, you know, those there's just there's just camaraderie. You know, and not everybody goes to every event, but you try to go to the key events. But that's just kind of the way it is. It's all, uh, you know, yeah. car, car stuff. You know, and it's really neat. I mean, we all have a common goal there. So, and I, I actually represented Doug Friedman for several years and was involved in the launch of Carmel Concord on the Avenue as well. Were you really? Yes. Oh, <laughs> wow. I mean, you're just, you're just uh, full of all kinds of surprises here. Yes. 
Now tell I us tell us about some of the other publications. You you as well worked with Keith Martin at uh, Sports Car Market, and I was a I writer sure for did. them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sixteen years and loved every minute of it. Uh, I sidestepped uh, the publication in two thousand seven and focused on more of the event side of my business for a couple of years. And uh, he invited me back in two thousand twelve, and I have happily represented the event until earlier this year. There was a little bit of a realignment. He decided, he actually made a smart move. He put uh, American Car Collector Magazine, his second title, on the shelf. Uh, Because of the unknown when COVID hit, he did that to assure that Sports Car Market Magazine uh, was going to stay strong, and I think it was a smart move. There were two of us doing sales. Um, Darren is an employee and he's mind-blowing. I have always been a contractor. It made sense for me to step aside. Darren is handling everything wonderfully. I am now a customer on behalf of some of my clients, as I always will be, um, bringing advertising to them instead of selling advertising for them. It's it's great. Uh, I'm a huge fan. I love the magazine. I love what Keith has built. Um, It's just a wonderful publication. What are some of the other publications that you currently work with a little bit? I mean, are you involved with uh, Cars Online or any of that kind of stuff, or um, Hemmings or anything like that? Do you do anything with those I've people? Represented garage, I've represented Garage Style Magazine for over a decade now. It's a quarterly publication about all things garage oh, really? and the people who own them. Uh, if you if you if you're part of Pebble Beach, you probably get one every year in your when you check into your room for four days. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've been they've been gifting that magazine out for about seven years now. I represent several websites. I launched I've, I launched several websites that are pretty much online magazines now. Classiccars.com, okay. SportsCarDigest.com. VelocheToday.com. Uh, I'm I'm actually going to be representing Sports Car Digest again. I'm excited. A gentleman from Australia is now setting up the website, and uh, we've been having all kinds of strange hour conversations. And is I'm excited about that. Is Sports Car Digest uh, is that Rick Carey? Uh, Rick Carey was previously involved, and I don't know if he is uh, planning on getting involved again or not. Okay. Uh, I, I haven't gotten to that com- that topic or that conversation yet, but yes, at one point he uh, was working with Jamie. Okay, um, so because I think they're out of uh, North Carolina or someplace like that, they're out somewhere. They're over here on the East Coast, someplace. Now they're out of Australia. Now they're out of Australia. Really interesting. Yeah. Um, was that Jamie Fastbinder or what was his name, or was it Jamie something or other? I can't remember now, but. I- <laughs> I don't know. I get, I get everybody. You know, it's funny because you meet everybody. And you Jamie, get, Jamie, who sold Sports Car Digest. <laughs> yeah, that's it. All right. So that's or, or, okay. Well, at any rate, okay. So that's cool. Now I had to go back. I want to go back a little bit because you were you were talking about when you were a kid and your dad was into motorcycles and cars and stuff like that. What kind of cars and motorcycles yeah. was your dad into? Oh, he loved mid fifties Fords and Chevys, and uh, he used to chop them and lower them. Uh, it's pretty funny. So he was when a hot. He was on, a hot when rider. On, when I look back on, oh yeah, I mean, my dad was what rockabilly is today. Back then, he was a greaser. <laughs> okay. Six, six foot six, greasy hair, flannel jeans, and biker boots. That's my dad. <laughs> oh wow! And what kind of bikes was and, he into? Oh gosh, <laughs> let's see. What did I knock over? Oh, what you knocked <laughs> over? Okay. <laughs> he had, uh, wow, he had Harley's. Triumph, Norton's, I can go on and on and on. And our garage was always filled when he was a, a tool and die maker. And when he got home from work uh, after dinner, the garage was always filled with a couple of guys who'd bring their bikes over. And he was always doing stuff to them. We had trophies lining two walls of the garage. Everything oh, wow. he ever entered in a competition. So when uh, I so when I mentioned to you that my radio show interviews are like a bunch of guys standing around in a shop drinking a beer, you knew exactly what I was talking about, I didn't sure you? I sure did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all back right. Then it was, back then it was Oli and Coors. Oh, okay. 
Well, see, now, Northern Cal, we had hams. So, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, well, that's cool. All right, so then car-wise, what did you kind of gravitate to? Because you said you kind of messed around with cars a little bit back in the day. And being from L.A., when I went to L.A., was basically General Motors plants down there, but San Jose was a Ford plant. So we, Mustangs were all over the place when I was growing up down there. Yes. Um, the classic car I had most recently was a 66 convertible Mustang. Good girl. And I made the mistake of not firing it up every month when I had it in a storage unit in Arizona. And when I did go to start it up, oil blew everywhere. I fixed it and I sold it to Australia. I oh. found out three days later I was moving back to California. I was so upset because it was a California rust-free car. I could have been cruising that today with the top down. Well, not in the smoke, but you get the idea. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> um, my first car was a 68 Firebird. Oh, I bought really? it from a little old, I literally bought it from a little old lady in Pasadena. She was <laughs> selling it for her deceased. It was her, um, she was a widow. She was selling her late husband's car. And uh, I've owned six 68 Firebirds and two 67 Firebirds. Those are the only year Firebirds I like, the, er the early unibody years. I love them. Okay. I've had, oh, wow, 63, 64 T-Birds, 65 Lincolns with suicide doors, 55 Bel Air. I've, I've probably had about 35 cars. Uh, but I drive a 2007 F-150 truck now. And uh, that was my dog's truck. My dog just passed away a month ago. But I, I got a truck so I could take her everywhere with me since she was a puppy. And she's be she went to more Monterey Car Weeks than any human I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, now, she, you was my, she was my travel buddy. She was my office consultant. I miss her. So well, at some point we're gonna. I need to get another car PR USA compadre, another puppy. It's gonna be another black lab. Okay, that works. Dogs are a man's best friend. You got to have one. You know they. And just, a woman's too. And a woman's too. <laughs> oh, sounds right. I mean, unconditional love. You know, pets. So. Yeah. Now you mentioned Lake Tahoe or the area. So I mean, I always when I was a kid, we used to go up there skiing, or we'd go down south. Depends on where it was in the wintertime, where we go to Palm Springs, but. Tahoe is God's country. I mean, it is absolutely gorgeous up there. What got you to move up there, and why would you leave? We were in L.A., and again, when I was married, had a little boy, and the best times we ever had were when we went camping and when we went to the Pines. And we took a road trip one day and went up there and decided, yes, this is where we want to live. We rented the first place that we found. Uh -huh. The first time we moved up there, it didn't work out at all. We weren't prepared. We weren't prepared for the winter, and it ended up being the worst winter in 25 years. We were snowed in all the time. We didn't have electricity for days. Nothing went right, work-wise, you name it. So we moved to Santa Cruz. Okay. And then the earthquake hit. <laughs> we oh, wow. No, okay. We said, no, thank you. We moved back to L.A., the Rodney King riot pit. We said, no, thank you. We don't want to raise our son here. We decided to go. We took a road trip to about 10 states. We came back, and I went, ah, I didn't see any anything I liked. Did you? And he went, no. I go, Santa Cruz or Tahoe? He goes, Tahoe. So we moved to Tahoe again, and we did it right. Bought a freezer, filled it up with six months' worth of food, bought a year's worth of chopped firewood, lined it on the side of the house. We already had the winter apparel from the first time we lived there. We did everything right. And that's where I started my first business, uh, in the car realm. That okay. was 1993. Super. And then uh, then you wound up in Arizona IA? Yeah. Okay. When you were in uh, Arizona, what are some of the... Uh, we got about what three minutes left here, Bobby? Is that what you said? Okay, I just got mm -hmm. the I got the, I got the finger. No, I'm just kidding. Three fingers, four fingers. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, so in Arizona, what was Arizona like compared to the rest of the part of the country there you were hanging out? I loved it. My significant other did not, and we came back here for business. Uh, his business thrives here in Silicon Valley. Okay. Um, and, and I can work anywhere in the United States as long as I have a laptop and a phone. I'm, I'm just as happy here as I am in Arizona. I loved the car culture there, and I loved the music culture. It was perfect for me. And I was so surprised at the car culture. And it, it's 20 times what it was now 
uh, when I lived there. Obviously, now Scottsdale Auction Week has built up to seven or eight auctions in one place. Um, hopefully, they'll bring back the Arizona Concours. I did an event called Concorso Arizona for three years for the uh, Southwest region of the Ferrari Club. It was a wonderful event. They have the longest-running cruise in in the world on Saturdays at uh, pavilions called the Rock and Roll Car Show. Mm -hmm. I actually handled the Facebook page and the website for that still. And obviously, it's on hold for COVID. Lovely COVID. Oh, yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I dug it. And, and again, the music scene is great. I was involved in Trace Diaz, which was a three-day rockabilly festival out there, and another one um, out at the Colorado River. Just loved it. Well, Cindy, we are up against the clock here, but here's what I want to do. Um, since you're kind of like uh, in the in the in the mix there with the car thing, I'd love to have you back on the show here, maybe in another six months or so. And let's just see what happens I with this COVID thing. And yeah, you can kind of keep us informed as to what's going on, and uh, that would be kind of cool. We'd appreciate that. In the meantime, go ahead and give out the uh, PR information, uh, public relations information on your company again. If people want to find out more about you, how do they go about doing it? Sure, my company is Car. P-R-U-S-A, that's the website, carprusa.com. My name is Cindy Meidel, M-E-I-T-L-E, and you can reach me at Cindy, C-I-N-D-Y, at carprusa.com. Super. Well, Cindy, you take care. And if care. you happen to be in New York this weekend, on September 19th, this Saturday, yeah. try, to, try to sign up to bid for the Saratoga Motor Car Auction. Oh, that's right. Is, uh, a wonderful event that I, that I represent. Yeah, we just had William on our show, what was it, last week, I think, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay, yeah, Saratoga, and that's in a beautiful part of upstate New York, and the uh, Saratoga far is a national... Far away from New York. Far yes. away, up yeah, up north of Albany. It's a beautiful area. And everything is raising money for the Saratoga Automobile Museum, so it's for a great cause. Super. Well, Cindy, you take care. Thanks a lot for coming on the show, and uh, look forward to seeing you again next time uh, we get uh, some major event that's uh, not overshadowed by some other major event. Thank you. Have <laughs> a great evening. All right. Bye -bye, take guys. care. Bye-bye. See ya. I want to thank my special guest, Cindy Melty, for coming, or Metley. Melty. Did I say, I why do I always say that wrong? I don't know. Anyway, uh, Metley. Metal. Right. Okay. <laughs> okay. Anyway, with uh, Car U.S., PR, right? Car PR USA LLC. I will get that straight. I, you know what? I, I am just like... Uh, it's one Someday of I'll be the host. <laughs> Someday you'll be the host, yeah. But anyway, hey, don't forget this weekend, Lightfoot Cities up there at uh, in Brooksville. Google it. Lightfoot Cities, Swap Meet, Car Show, all that other good stuff. In the meantime, don't forget to check us out here every Tuesday night on the Talk Radio Network between 7 and 8 p.m. Tell your friends. Check out GolfSwimMotorsports.com. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Bobby, do that social media thing real quick. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn. In the meantime, everybody, stay safe, drive carefully, and love your family. See you at some of the car shows. WTAN, Clearwater. FM 106.1. WDCF, Dade City. FM 102.3. WZHR, Zephyr Hills. FM 104.3. Listen. Center Director Ken Graham says the storm.